0: This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nikidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully ever, 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona.
1: Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything so Jess has been doing her long runs interval sessions and she will be tackling the final 10k in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes
0: yeah big focus on endurance and a brand new foam which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs so if you want to know more head to the link in the show notes You're listening to The Running Channel Podcast with me, Andy Badley, my co-host Sarah Hartley and breathing through his mouth over there in the corner and pushing buttons, actually doing two things at the same time, very well done, is Rick Kelsey.
2: I'm still sweating, actually, from two days ago.
1: (laughs) Was that when you tried to breathe through your nose for an hour? still
2: sweating. (laughs) And I did two runs at the weekend. Whoa. Show off.
0: Okay, today we're going to be talking about... Can you change your running form or should you change your running form? Two really good questions and answering your questions as well as touching on the news from the running world. So let's get stuck in.
1: So Andy, someone on Strava's made a really good uh, assessment of your running recently in that you've done more walking than running.
0: Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think we need, they deserve a name check, actually. So that's Adam Adam McElhenney. He says, just to throw some flame on the Sarah and Rick fire, you've recorded more walking distance than running distance this week.
1: (laughs) I did actually check this. I went into Strava at the weekend and um, I was like, oh, Andy's walked quite far. Yes. Did you go hiking?
0: Well, so I squeezed my running in last week and there is some running that I don't put on Strava. Either I, I hide it because it, we're doing on certain projects for The Running Channel where we don't want everyone to see exactly what's happened and have mm. the big reveal. Um, and also, occasionally, I just forget my watch. But, uh, yeah, just that's just that's I'm just forgetful. Uh, but, yeah, I went on a big, long walk on Saturday. It was an, an escape from the children, just me and uh, three other friends, where we did, yeah, not very in keeping with my character, but we did a pub crawl where we were hiking across the West Berkshire countryside to... Yeah, four or five of the poshest pubs I've ever been to. Andy doing so a pub crawl. So many questions. Yeah. Yes.
1: One, how many fields did you look at? And two, how many pints did you have?
0: I had too many pints. I'm, many? Not, I'm not glorifying <laughs> no, don't, drinking don't, at all. No, don't, um, But I, I did have, I had, I'm not a big drinker, but it was spaced out over the course of the day. We had some beautiful three-course meals at either end of it. It was very civilised. Um, and then, yeah, weirdly, I then went golfing the next day. What, what? Then, what?
2: Are you, are you what? okay? So, what, what have you
1: become? Yeah. yeah,
2: you drinking and golfing in a weekend, that's not, not the same thing. Yeah, also, handy.
1: where did you send, did someone take over the crash for the weekend?
0: <laughs> I, I left my lovely wife with three children, so I've cashed in some fairly fairly yeah, serious uh, marriage points in order to earn this weekend away. My Rick I, looks absolutely flabbergasted. I, I feel like, I I like uh, I've lost a friend. Can you
1: even play golf?
0: Oh no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely not.
0: I wasn't I wasn't as terrible as I thought I would be, but I definitely wasn't good. But I did get. We had a few drinks during the day on the Saturday in in, in pubs. That I was reliably told that Kate and Will, on first name terms, obviously regularly regularly drinking. So this is unbelievable. They were absolutely stunning. So yeah, I've had a, I've had a lovely weekend, but not very much running. In the weekend, I'd squeezed it into the week beforehand.
1: Mm, me neither. I took the whole weekend off.
0: Cocktails. What? No. Oh, Yeah. You were like, doing the so? same, weren't you? So I went on, life?
1: Yeah, I had a social life this mm. weekend. I went away with my oldest, dearest friends from school. I'm not that old. So but we mm. realized though we'd known each my other. My oldest, f-
0: dearest friends from school that I finished last year. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant.
1: We realized that we'd known each other for like 15 years, but we hadn't all been in the same room for right. like the last two years. So everyone had to prepare a PowerPoint <laughs> for what's happened in their life for the last two years. A per-
0: that's a damning personality indictment isn't it that's oh, no, it where was... you guys went to yeah like, yeah let's just sort all of do a powerpoint let's, <laughs> let's just, just so sit so around good. and chat
1: it was honestly just a flashback to like who hasn't done their homework oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was very good no running but this week i'm running i've picked it back up and i've got to run six times so six um, times everyone pray for sarah
2: <laughs> yeah wow that's, that seems like an awful lot sarah
1: yeah it's a lot it's not all too intense but the week after i am attempting a 5k race oh. so this is my last hard week before i give give it another bash although there's video coming out soon where i gave 5k at bash and uh went pretty well so stay, oh, tuned, yeah. for oh,
0: stay yeah. tuned for that Teas. one but Rick, actually we, we got a little i got a little glimpse into this story beforehand but mm. i don't know the full thing but you were pretty emotional so you've had an emotional weekend of running
2: at parker on saturday we clapped in this woman who you know ran it in around about 35 36 minutes and yeah. we there's a bunch of us all clapping around and we learned her story afterwards that she had a baby prematurely at 25 weeks oh God, yeah. wow. and um, okay? she was on holiday and wasn't expecting to give birth yeah mm-hmm. and went into labor the baby went into hospital was looked after for months in hospital yeah. uh and the baby's now fine and should live a normal life oh, which great. is absolutely great but this moment changed her life in the fact that she decided she was gonna get fit, healthy, start running. She didn't even have, own a pair of trainers. Yeah, And now she's running, doing parkrun and decided that she's gonna do the London Marathon. But not only that, she now dedicates her whole life to raising money. Well, a lot a lot of her life when it comes to running, raising money for uh, premature babies and the baby charity Bliss to oh, help them get equipment and train doctors and pe- uh, so more babies have a better chance of survival when they're born as early as 25 weeks. And I was just listening to the story.
1: Well, yeah, you've just had so, a baby. So yeah, guessing, yeah, guessing yeah, it, right it was
2: emotional just listening to the story and like just really inspirational. And it was one of those times where you just felt the power of running and, you know, a life-changing moment come together. And just really eat at you and go wow
1: that's changed your life that's one of the things as well like on london marathon day mm. there are so many people running for incredible charities with incredible stories but these people are also at park run every week they are showing up yeah running and running for the most incredible, incredible causes, causes and, incredible and changing
2: their own lives in, in the process so yeah. yeah i had a relatively emotional park run week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> lovely well it feels like a little bit of a crass segue to go from such an amazing inspiring story to then talking about should you change your running form but that's what we're going to talk about today yeah so I don't know if either of you guys have got any questions directly about
1: it Ooh. so one question I have is my running form when I am running a marathon or like an easy run mm-hmm. very very different to I think mentally if I'm running around a track should your running form drastically change if you're doing like longer, slower runs compared to them when you try to do sprints? Yes. Okay, good.
0: There we go. I think that's the end of (laughs) the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for coming. (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode 27. Um, No, we, yes, it should change because, and and what's interesting, well, you can be the judges as can the listeners as to whether this is interesting. Um, (laughs) I I have a very specific probably pace where I'm at my most efficient Mm -hmm. mechanically, where it feels comfortable, where if you were to look at a video of me running, it looks the best uh, in terms of uh fastest springiest longest strides all that sort of stuff um, and then I'm relatively inefficient at other paces and I can feel it um and I'm more likely to get injured the slower I run I think in terms relative to that because I spent my career trying to run really fast so yeah the, you definitely it should be different because you can't have the same stride length and cadence um and posture necessarily at, at all of those um at all the different paces you might run at think about all of the things that make up a good stride it's your posture so how tall you are whether you're pulling your shoulders blade shoulder blades back your hips are nice and high Mm. making nice foot contact underneath your underneath your central gravity all of that stuff a lot of that comes from arm drive and you can't have a massive powerful arm drive if you are running relatively slowly but if you're sprinting up a hill then you need that arm drive to kind of power you up there so there's always i guess a happy medium to to strike as to how efficient you can be at certain paces.
2: So essentially our running form is actually changing throughout a run as well as from day to day. So yeah. the, que- the question when people ask, should we change our running form? That's kind of our overall form and how we move while we're running. But actually, like you've just said, yeah. during a run or a race, we're going to be having different form throughout, aren't we?
0: Well, it depends on... So you'd have a different form in a 10K race to in a marathon.
2: But if you're going up a hill, aren't you changing your form now? Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Sorry, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I only pick flat races. So.
2: <laughs> and he's like a hill in uh, a yeah. race? Haven't have you, you signed this? me up for a really hilly race, Sarah?
1: Yeah, she, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, I agree before you
2: told me it was hilly.
0: Yeah, it's
1: also trail, Rick. You're going to have a great time. Oh, God. <laughs> well, those,
0: all, all of those things affect it. And even in a run, we would say that, or oh, certainly a good advice would be, if you're just doing a run where you're not going to have a dedicated warm-up necessarily to mm. it, um, then going out for the first five or 10 minutes with a slightly reduced stride length, increased cadence, that lowers the impact on your body while everything gets warmed up. And then you could sort of start to stride out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you, the, I think the question is you're bombarded with loads of information as a runner mm-hmm. about what shoes will do to your running form, what running drills can do to your running form, uh, what stretching might do, what warming up properly might do, what running up and down hills might do. Whether you should change your cadence, like the, the answer ultimately is yes, you can look to improve your running form, but it shouldn't be your aim to fundamentally alter your running form. So most uh, the people that I've spoken to in, in the physiotherapy field would say something along the lines of your body self-optimizes really well. So you're the, at any point in time, depending on your relative strengths and weaknesses of different parts of your body, your body will allow you to run in the way that is optimal for you to to, to run well to to limit injury and all of those sort of things but you can improve it to a point but if you're looking at another person and going i want to run like them and they they have fundamentally different flexibility mechanics length of levers all of that stuff then if you want to try and copy them and say i'm gonna have a cadence of this number and my stride length needs to be this long um that would be fairly disastrous I feel like this is a lot to take in
1: we're taking it in we're taking it in so going back to like if someone's like okay I don't think I'm as efficient as I could be Mm. they're wanting to change their running form but wanting to avoid injury where should they start with trying to change it what should they do what shouldn't they do
0: Well, interestingly, the previous episode of the podcast, we talked about strength and conditioning and doing some little tests at home in front of the mirror, whether that's like a single leg squat or just looking at how your knees and and ankle strength are. That would be the the starting point. But then a really easy thing to do is to video yourself when running, particularly most phones have a slow-mo setting now. So set it up directly behind you um, and then run away from the camera Then do the same and run directly towards the camera.
1: What kind of pace should this be? Your
0: The pace that you do most of your runs at or the pace that... Uh, i would say not really really slow so not your easy run pace Mm -hmm. like a little bit faster than that Um, not
1: like tom cruise no not all out like
0: because you're trying to optimize for the thing that you do most of your training at so um think about your steady run probably would be a good good starting point okay and then do a side-on shot as well i see run through the frame
2: how how would we spot a bad habit if we do that
0: Mm. yeah so you're looking for I think it's really powerful to look at a video of yourself because you can't otherwise have it in your head as to what it is you're trying to change. And then you need to think about what the ideals are and then how far away from those you are. And then just try to make like a 5% change, not a 50% change. So think about things like a lot of runners, me included, um, hunch over as they get tired. And I'm talking about shoulders. So they're almost like bringing their shoulder blades, shoulders together at the front and hunching over. curving curving their spine. Mm. That means you've got less space to get oxygen in. So your lungs are kind of constricted. So working on things that will pull your shoulder blades back and down together is actually a good starting point. I know this doesn't seem like immediately running form, but if you're thinking about this string that pulls up your head and your whole body in a straight line, then... The way that your shoulders are immediately affects the way you move your arms, which affects the way you move your legs. So sort of starting top down at the moment. It's an
1: interesting one as well. You could record, you could just go out, record yourself running. But actually, if you want to improve your running form towards the end of races and like start improving or knowing where you're going wrong when you get tired after like a run or a long run, get someone to record you. And then you're going to see all of those habits and if you've already actually got the video of you running fresh you can compare and like see what's going wrong at the end
0: yeah that's a great shout or even try and get a family member to to get their phone out as you're coming into that last 100 meters of a 10k or 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 actually at that point you might get a little bit of a adrenaline boost because you can see the finish line so almost you want someone to record you a few hundred meters before that so you want someone to pop out
1: the like 4k mark of a 5k Mm. yes
0: exactly and just record as you're tired as you're really like all you're thinking about is I want to get to the finish line and you're probably not thinking about good form running cues. Mm. So, yeah, I'd start at the top with shoulders and then then I'd be thinking about hips. Uh, what we've just talked about there, I g- would guarantee that most people at that point, 4K and a 5K or 9K and a 10K, etc., they're like their hips have sunk a little bit. So they, they're almost making contact with the ground with their knees a little bit bent, their bum kind of closer to mm. the ground. They're almost like sat back into their running. And a lot of that can come from core strength because you don't have the strength to hold your pelvis in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we talked about it in the strength and conditioning podcast, it's path of least resistance. So oh, some muscles will be fatiguing because they're not well trained and things like that. So, But that's something that you can teach in drills and in the runs that you run when you are not fatigued. You can be thinking about nice high hips. That I see. Be, that's like a simple cue to think about. So you're pulling your shoulder blades back. And you can do exercises, rowing type exercises in the gym to give you that strength. Bear in mind that a lot of runners will default to doing something like press ups or bench press because they're like obvious, simple yeah. gym exercises. But they're actually quite bad for runners because making your pecs on on the front of your chest stronger generally ends up tightening them as well. Someone so up- to have a word with Mo <laughs>
2: <laughs> from Mo from the Running <laughs> Channel.
0: Mo, absolutely stop. ripped. Yeah, <laughs> stop with the upper body only because we feel insecure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think
1: that- Mo balances himself out. And yeah, so just he, he he
0: then does the rows and the chin ups and yeah and. and uh, lateral pull-downs and stuff to compensate push-ups on their own without any any work to doing to strengthen your back or we'll end up with this this kind of hunched
2: posture mm. so do you think you've got any problems with your running form that you'd like to fix
1: oh good question so i obviously i get filmed a lot whilst i'm running and the first thing i actually always do is if i'm like reviewing videos or watching stuff back is go oh what am uh, I, how's my running form? I would definitely say I'm guilty of hunching over at the end. Yeah. I think I've got very good at knowing what it should feel like, but it's actually what I need to work on is just constantly reminding myself of that in a race situation. Cause it is it, yeah. is, it works quite well as a distraction. If you're really hurting and you spend 30 seconds going, okay, let's form check, go work your way down your body and go, am I happy with everything? I would love heel flicks. But they, I think they that's look, a like, aesthetic they look ridiculous. nice to have yeah. as opposed yeah. to a, I it. I would love that.
2: And they look like you're putting them on. I feel like I turn yeah. into a shuffle. <laughs> I think I, I, I do kind of <laughs> like a, a supermarket trolley shuffle by the end <laughs> of, of any long run.
1: Like well, I just look like I'm I wobbling. Think, so I have a question about this. Um, Tom from The Running Channel, he always gets into running form where his chin ends up touching his chest which I've seen I don't know where that comes from though a lot of people do really yeah I never thought about this one is that because obviously the ideal is to have a string coming out the top of your head to pull yourself all the way up I always if I go out running with him and this starts happening I'll always pull him up on it and he'll be like but that's just how I run should he be thinking about his head movement He's also yeah, behind the camera I'm, right I'm, now, I'm, hating me. <laughs> I'm practising
0: that now. It's a strange thing to do, isn't it? I don't know where that happens. I think it's it's as people retreat into their own thoughts to try to focus on that fact it feels quite hard. I see. Yeah. It almost like tense up a little bit. Like,
1: I think but, as well, like for some people, I've definitely done it where I'm like, oh, I can't get enough air in. And then for some reason it feels better to like put pop your head down and go like, <gasps> to like try and get yeah, more Yeah, I mean, that
0: can't be true though, can it? I think, I think you want everything to be elongated so that you do have maximum yeah. oxygen capacity there are other things that can happen. you can your feet can start wandering into a center line. Um, mm. So if you imagine running on a line on the road, in the ideal world you, you, I think your, your feet would land slightly to either side of that line. Um, or certainly there would be they're not both each foot coming all the way in and maybe even some people crossing over that center line because as they get tired, and that's the sort of thing that can cause problems with your IT band, knee pain, all of that sort of stuff. So being oh, okay. strong enough in your glutes, Ultimately, it controls your knee movement.
1: You can also like kind of see in the winter if you're getting a bit tired because you end up with like little mud marks on your ankles. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I catch the the inside of my calf. Yeah, so they get a lot of mud, all of those massive trail runs that I'm doing. But I did used to do cross-country <laughs> once upon no, no. a time and, um, and bash the inside of my legs. So, yeah, you can you can kind of see that happening and then try to focus on it as you get tired, thinking about using your glutes to, like, squeezing your glutes as you're running to activate them, to kind of hold your knee out, stop it dropping inwards. I hammer on about that, but that's the biggest thing. That twisting at the knee um, is what causes a lot of people problems.
1: So if people are out running right now listening to us, hello, hope your run's going well. (laughs) Um, What if they wanted to run through a quick form check now, how would they do it?
0: Shoulders back because it opens up your chest Mm -hmm. and you can also do that by relaxing your arms a little bit. So don't have your arms really high and tight. They do want to have nice relaxed shoulders and you can relax your hands. That can help with that as well. Um, so you don't want to get too tight. Imagine that string pulling up from the from the top of your head all the way up, like imagine it sort of elongating your spine, making you taller. Keeping your hips up towards, yeah, up, up and forwards. So not allowing your bum to sink back. And then just making sure that you're you kind of think about this nice plane of movement that is forwards and backwards, not side to side. So you want your knees and feet to be coming through forwards, not kind of hitting the ground, rolling inwards with either your ankles or your knees following them in. Um, And to do that, think about using your glutes and your hamstrings to kind of Squeeze a little bit, pull your leg underneath you and power you forward. Not not massively, obviously, you don't want to stop sprinting. Uh, and then nice light foot contacts as well. Sarah, you've just, <laughs> listening to Andy, then you just pulled yourself up, <laughs> I pushed was your
1: shoulders back, and everything.
2: shook your hands. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And I was imagining as I was doing that, I was imagining either people out on the run who now will have great running form. Yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm imagining someone who's like, oh, damn, I'm sat at home listening to this, just running around their sofa, <laughs> trying <laughs> to be like, can I do this? Yeah. Well, well, that was really interesting thank Thanks. you Andy if Pleasure. anyone has any questions about running form do email in podcast at the running you are listening to the running channel podcast up next we've got your questions to answer plus we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their infinite elite shoes now at the running channel we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule.
0: Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about.
1: Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.
0: So it's almost question time, my favourite bit, but first off we got our news picks of the week, Sarah?
1: I know this isn't uh, didn't happen this week but I just want to circle our minds back to uh, the British Athletics Championships which oh, I yeah. still am seeing on social media for the wettest 100 metres yeah. I've ever witnessed.
0: Yeah, this was Sozana Hughes who's set, I think, the fastest time in the world this year for the 100, uh, running incredible times and they ran really fast in the semi-finals at the British Athletics Champs in Manchester and this is the trials mm. for the world champs in Budapest in mm-hmm. August. Um, and yeah, the These pictures and the the footage is ridiculous to the point where you think that the camera person has forgotten to focus it. Or, or or somehow or someone just turned it the lights does out look
1: like you know when you see like really heavy intense rain in a film and like quite and uh, quite often well usually that is mocked up yeah and and you watch it and go oh, that's real rain isn't yeah. ever like that no it was it really was <laughs> proper yeah, he, standing water on
0: the track right
1: yeah like honestly look like a music video <laughs> in terms yeah. of amount of water but yeah he used set at 9.83 seconds a british yeah. record last like last month in new york yeah. um so obviously you must have done that and then he must have been thinking great let's like bash out
0: come back to sunny manchester yeah come back
1: <laughs> for, for, and for, run another one yeah. what well, did he do uh, it in
0: 19 no. no he ran like 10-0 something I <laughs> think. really yeah like he still ran really fast still so. rapid it's incredible it's did you
1: ever have to race in torrential race yes
0: i did i ran uh, remember it vividly because louise my lovely wife often reminds me that she was in the stands uncovered stands in sheffield Ooh. so they, they had a big grand prix diamond league equivalent yeah back then 2007 in sheffield uh, and it was proper torrential rain like like <laughs>
1: proper uh, rain
0: oh it, yeah puddles standing on the track you could see the the like this and this is what it was like in manchester as well you what could do see... you do at
1: that point because surely you have to stand on the track for a little bit yeah so you are you cold. just there like fuming you
0: get cold yeah yeah
1: well how waterproof were your shoes the,
0: not at all um <laughs> not at all and yeah so you stood that you get brought on the track and you leave your kit on for as long as you can and then like mm-hmm. but then they're going to take your boxes, the boxes away and they force you to get undressed they force you to get into your race kit so your shorts and vests which are underneath what you're wearing You whip that stuff off and then you're on the track and then they're getting ready to do like the tv introductions and stuff yeah and everyone's trying to do their strides and then they stop you doing the strides because they need to do the tv introductions and then often stuff's like slightly delayed so you're still on the line for a couple of minutes and it was
1: Torrential freezing cold rain.
0: well i mean relative for july or june whenever it was it was cold and raining
1: is there a bit that goes through your brain of like if i run too hard i'm now cold so i'm gonna get injured
0: at that point no i was like totally in the zone and part of me was so that and that it, things it go, you know. that In athletics, things go through cycles. But at that period, the Kenyan athletes um, were dominant, um, and there was a bunch of Kenyans in the in the race. And I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, this is good for me. Like, you know, they're, they're rain like, good. <laughs> I'm used <laughs> rain. They're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not used to this. This these conditions. And it genu- that was my breakthrough race in my career. Actually, 2007, I beat Bernard Lagat, who's he actually went on to win the 5K and the 1500 at the World Champs a month later. Um, and so that was this massive thing. I was like, oh, I can compete with these guys. And so the rain might have helped me a little bit. I ran fast. I ran a PB at that point. Like it was. um
1: Hey, everyone prefers different weathers.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Mm. I quite like a run in the rain.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask whether uh, this this would age us. What you immediately jumped into your mind when you said it's like a music video with the the rain that was falling on the track.
1: Oh no, I was thinking of like throwback stuff. Okay, oh, so, you think like, Westlife. Like Kylie Minogue. Uh, um, should
0: thinking, you do one in the rain. I thought Westlife. I was thinking take that oh yeah well that's yeah that it's that era yeah, yeah. i
1: don't think a music video has come out this year that's in the rain okay eh. well, bold claim i don't know well, it's a
0: bold claim <laughs> right so my news story very different um interesting that you'd pick the elite athletics one which is nice i like, know. You saved me. mine's not to do athletics at all again um but with well, the wimbledon championships tennis championships are just finished
1: how are you gonna wangle this into running yeah hey, I, I was go <laughs> about tennis yeah
0: well i love tennis for a start yeah uh, but i was interested i was trying to I wanted to find out how far they run in a match. Oh, in
1: a match? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, come here, Rick. Guess. Yes,
0: that's what I thought. See, we're uh, in. Okay,
1: I'm in, I'm bought in. You go. <laughs> uh, right. In a, uh, I'm not going
0: to change. I've got something.
1: Hang well, on, hang on, hang on.
0: Men's or women's is an important one. A five-set
1: match or a three-set match, and also how long is the match? Because if you know, we're getting towards six hours. I'm so like, I'm, so gonna I'm gonna be I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna level with you and say I don't have enough data to give you all of those options. I have right. lots of averages, but I'll clearly like. If, if it's a women's two-set match versus a men's match that goes to five sets, there is a big difference. But I have averages for a couple of players and some examples.
1: Okay, so w- what would you like us to guess?
0: Guess the average <laughs> total match I'm, for a man.
1: Average total match for a man, okay. Yeah. I've just made this really boring, haven't
0: I?
2: <laughs> yeah, you've ruined it all. 5.1 kilometres. For a match? For a match.
0: Yeah. 5.1. Seven. Seven kilometres. Mm. So you're both, I think I had thought this, because, you know, it's always surprising when you watch a football match and they say, oh, you know, so-and-so ran. 12k or something as yeah. one of the central midfielders it's l- less than I thought so on average huh. in I think in the men's matches it was between 2k and 2 miles so basically yeah. 2 and 3k what? wow for a men's match okay uh, at, 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 this is at Grand Slam cause I always know, thought was, tennis was quite easy <laughs> well the, the court's not very big I think it's 27 <laughs> feet wide or something <laughs> okay wow right into complain at com. <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, funny. But the, I mean, but, you wouldn't be able to play it, Rick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was trying to trying to find stuff that I thought was interesting. Was that the that is
1: interesting? Yeah. So yeah.
0: I was googling Djokovic and so on, and the stat that came up was that this is going back a few years now. So five years ago, at the 2018 US Open, Djokovic had, by the time they got to the semifinals, run seven miles across all of his matches, which yeah. at that point must have meant he played five matches, I think. Um, but then. Um, Federer, who was also in the semi-finals, had only run four miles at the same point Interesting. in the match. I don't think they would played massively loads of different sets, but I guess depending on how far behind the baseline you stand and running side to side, oh, yeah. as well as how good you are and whether you dictate the play and basically just stand in the middle, making everyone else run around, it's going to have a massive difference on how far I always think going.
2: there's a lot yeah. of wasted movement in tennis. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you, The guy who's waiting for the person to serve, watch them. Honestly, next time, the receiver that's that's that person <laughs> the receiver it, yeah, yeah, the, the, the receiver is, is so far the, uh... behind the baseline that the you know, bending down, squatting, mm. kind of moving side to side. And then when he actually hits the ball over from the other side, he just stands up and hits it back. It's like we just a load of wasted movement. <laughs> up next movement. on the
1: podcast, should you change your tennis form? <laughs> no, but they've got to <laughs> stay, they've Rick.
0: got to be moving constantly because the moment that it's serving, they're anticipating at 130 miles an hour where the ball's going to go. And if they're not moving, they'll flat footed and then they can't get to it. Yeah, Rick. Gosh, all right, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, do think, I do think this every year though, like if you see, so Andy Murray this yeah. year went out but he had a really long match before yes. he went out across two days because of the they had to stop play because it was too late I think yeah that's right they had was
0: the 11 weather. o'clock curfew at Wimbledon yeah
1: like if you surely that must go through your mind because if that happens then you're like oh my gosh I've got to play in a final but I've been out for hours and hours and hours longer than my opponent
0: yeah and the nutrition's interesting but also the fact that yeah that they're, they're averaging I think uh, I had it in metres and feet. 40 feet per point was the average that Djokovic was running at that point in that data. But if you think about maybe, say, two miles over a few hours isn't very far at all. Mm. But every mm. single one is a 10-metre sprint flat
1: out. Yeah, I wonder what their 100-metre time is cumulatively.
2: Explosive yeah. pace.
1: Mm. There we go. Yeah. Well, email him, podcast at com if you want to see a competition between who would run a faster 5K, Andy or Djokovic.
0: <laughs> I'm up for it.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure oh, who no, is. Back. Let's
2: get involved. Well, we obviously need Djokovic to agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. well, yeah, AI yeah. exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can race an AI Djokovic. Yeah. Okay, you're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions.
2: Okay, kicking off with Scott, who says, after listening to Rick talk about his injury and getting back to running, I was wondering if you guys have ever had long-term injuries yourselves. And if so, how did you cope being out for long periods? Did you do anything while injured? I've been out since January and I'm finding it really hard to not go out for a run, especially as I'm meant to be doing my first marathon in May. Sarah, it's tough, isn't it?
1: It's really tough. Um, Obviously, this question came in a few months ago. So please email in Scott if you were able to do the marathon or not. But I feel like this is universal. Lots of people are out with injuries. And I count myself very lucky that I have had injuries that I've been able to work through Mm. through cross training. So I haven't had to complete dead stop for longer than a week, I would say. But I think one of the things that you can really underestimate is how... It, it's easy to slip into a routine because we constantly have days where we don't run so it might be it f- might feel easy to slip into a routine you forget running because it's not it, it will be a part of your day but not every hour of every day but i think don't underestimate what that is going to uh, the mental toll that it's going to have on you as well i mm. know i am um, loads of my friends have said i'm far grumpier if, if, I, if I, I haven't been able to go out for a run so that's what i would be consciously thinking about if i was injured and wasn't able to run for a long time
0: yeah, the mental health impacts really not to be underestimated at all. So I did I have dealt with this a lot. So I got injured before like directly before major championships where I then had to like frantically rehab and uh, or have really aggressive physio treatment which you wouldn't normally get as a as a I guess a normal runner. Like there's a very different medical approach to like you've got to be on the start line in 10 days to I want you to be as healthy as possible in three months. Mm. So that, that was hard to get my mind around. But then I did have a really serious knee injury between post 2012 Olympics, all the way through to try and qualify for Rio in 2016. I spent most of that period injured in some way and trying to build up my running and then breaking down again. I did write, write a a blog for mind at the time back in 2015, 2016, which was sort of a, it started as this cathartic thing for me to just get out how I was Mm. feeling. Um, and then had an amazing response from it from a lot of Fellow elites, but also non-elite runners who are like, oh, it's like you read my diary. That, that's how I've been feeling. So we will try and dig that link out and maybe share it. Mm. Um, but I, I, I really struggled with losing my sense of identity. I'd, I'd meet new people and be like, they'd be like, oh, what do you do? I'm, like, I'm a runner. But I wasn't mm. running. And I hadn't run for like a year at various points. And I was still trying to be a professional runner. I didn't have another career. I didn't have anything else to talk about. I just felt like totally devoid of that sense of identity. Um, so that, that was hard. But then I did put everything in every day to just like one more day I'm going to chip away at this I'm going to do everything that I've been told I worked much better when I had a clear plan from a physio or a coach I was like these are the things I need to do I'm going to do them today to the best of my ability wake up tomorrow morning and do that again and I would be cross training I'd be in the gym I'd be doing a lot of swimming and biking and stuff obviously depends on the type of injury you have Um, but I guess know that other people feel similarly talk to people about it um, and just take it one day at a time so chunk it chunk your recovery and follow a, a plan go and see an expert get them to help you that'll take the weight off your shoulders of feeling the responsibility to get back running mm. and then just tick off the things that you you should do every day no yeah. one does the physio exercises that they get given but if you do them then you'll likely be able to recover
2: yeah yeah and no, a really good advice I completely agree with what you just said Andy I, I think actually trying to take up another sport that if you are able to do that yeah, you cycled I started of. cycling yeah. and it really helped because you just go on long cycle rides and it takes your mind off it completely.
1: And then you cycled the length of Wales. That didn't
2: go as well. <laughs> <laughs> did, did complete it then.
1: Back to running.
2: On to Ken. Don't know where you're from. Here he comes. What advice would you give to older runners about their routine? I'm 72 and I run 10K normally three times a week. Wow. Uh, I run at a fairly even pace of 9.5 minutes per mile, about a minute slower than 10 years ago. Apart from a little swimming and walking, this is the only exercise I do. First up, Ken, impressive.
1: Ken, I want to be you. 10K three times a week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's important that having the... So obviously I'm, I'm not 72 and I'm also not a medical professional, but my... Thoughts here are that my understanding is that if you reduce your weight bearing impact based activity like running, Mm. then that can, the older you get, the quicker various other things can decline. So like your balance, your musculature, like the the strength that you have. So keeping that in there is really important. So supporting it with swimming and walking is great. um, But having that level of impact kind of keeps you younger. Mm. Um, and once you remove it, it can be quite hard to get back up to it. Yeah. Because um, obviously, particularly in men, I know that testosterone is declining every year past, I think, 30 or 40, um, and those those things all have a big impact on your body. So being able to do that is great. Um, I think the advice that I'd give him about his routine is try to, to maintain it. Do take a look at heart rates and things and make sure you're not overdoing it, but if he's been doing it for a long time and he's relatively well-trained, then I think he's more... Ken's the one that should be giving us Yeah,
2: we need Ken's routine. I, I would also say that um, strength and conditioning mm. in older and younger runners is the most important. Mm-hmm. You know, what I learned during my injury was that actually, as you build up to about 20, 21, your body can take in a lot more strength and conditioning. It's when your bone marrow is developing. And that's a really important time for you to be doing strength and conditioning. Between 20 and 45, it essentially looks after itself. But then after 45, doing weights actually really helps uh, keep your bone density and strength so so yeah, for, what... for ken it's probably worth building in some weights into his routine i think that's exactly
0: what i was not very eloquently trying to get at is that bone density element of both impact and resistance training yeah. that can sustain your bone density much later in life more effectively than you know if you if you only ever swam for example from the age of 40 onwards you'd stay fit from a cardiovascular perspective but different types of fitness ultimately yeah. to be functional and move around
1: yeah that's what i was going to say obviously don't jump into anything brand brand new but yeah. if you can go get like a runner's mot or head to a physio and see what they would suggest that might help you keep consistent and keep running for even longer
0: yeah nice let us know how you're getting
1: on yeah good job ken
0: super stuff and
2: don't forget to email podcast at the running if you've got any more questions
1: i just realized we had a question from ken on the same week that barbie is released Oh, what are the chances uh, <laughs> mm, I don't and there's a bit of pop culture that only I'm going to relate to but you've been listening to <laughs> yeah. the Running Channel podcast thanks so much for tuning in we've got to the end of another episode if you don't like Barbie don't worry I won't talk about it ever again thanks yeah. and goodbye
2: bye bye
0: This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their infinite elite everyday running shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10k. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do. To run her best.
1: If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.